Everyone, uh, welcome to the new media show. And uh, of course, my name is Todd Cochran. I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how you doing? Hello, Todd. I'm doing great, Todd. Considering, <laughs> right? Yeah, considering. No complaints. I was just before we, uh, well, I don't know, many of you were listening that were live, but I was telling Rob, I said, I didn't get out of here yesterday till seven o'clock. And, and then I followed that up with, uh, I better not be complaining because a lot of people are unemployed. So it's, uh, yeah, but we're busy. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me, the calls I'm getting, it's not just independent. We're getting, I'm getting some, one, I'm getting a lot of radio folks. Right. A lot of calls from radio, a lot of calls from businesses that are thinking about, I've been sitting on the fence to do a network right? and those are adding more shows. So I think what's happening is, is that businesses are thinking a little bit more about their communication strategy to their customers and realizing that podcast needs to be added to the mix. So for us, it's a good thing. Yeah, and from what I'm hearing too, I mean, in some of the research that I've seen coming out here lately about what's happening to the changes in consumption around audio, and actually, this was actually posted in the IEB. Um, I can't remember the name of the report that came out from the IEB that was talking about changing in consumption patterns because of the COVID nineteen stuff, and it appears that uh, local radio is really taking a hit right now on the advertising side. Local radio, that's thing that actually, I haven't listened to look that doesn't, because no one's in their car. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I mean, if you think about, you know, and all these small businesses have gone, have closed, Yeah. right? Yeah. So they're not going to be advertising. No. Nope. So, I mean, I think lo lo local radio and their local radio stations are really going to hit, get hit hard by this. Yeah. So, I, so they're probably thinking about podcasting. Yeah. So Eileen and Daniel, welcome to the show. If you're on Facebook or any other channels we're on or on YouTube, we're on Twitch, we're on Mixer, we're on Twitter, YouTube Live, say hello in the chat. We'd like to hear from you. Um, but it's true though, you know, because all these businesses are shut down. So there's no reason. Now the IEB came out with a revenue projection, what's going on with revenue. Right, right. And he here's the thing. They're all predicting a downturn. What have I been doing mostly? Putting together RFPs. I've gotten a handful of RFPs in the past week of new advertising dollars coming in of people that have never advertised before that say, I want to reach this market or I want to reach that. Matter of fact, in our newsletter today that we right. sent out, we said we're looking for people that would like to run ads in telehealth because we have a vendor that's coming in that does telehealth and I'm putting together a campaign from then. So I don't believe it. Because last time that we had an economic downturn in 2008, podcasting went up. Right. I'm not going to say it's going to last. We'll see. I don't think anybody knows that answer to that question yet. Because but there, there has been some conflicting data that's come out. I know that I, I saw an article that Nick Kwa wrote about how uh, podcast listening is flat. Um, but and when you look at the actual numbers, I mean, he was taking data um, based on some research that was coming out or some data that was coming out of ad results, which is an ad buying platform. They also host some podcasts too, from my, from what I understand, but from Stitcher and I think uh, PodTrack, which isn't surprising, right? That Nick would refer to those people as a source of information mm -hmm. for drawing a conclusion 
But if you look at his actual charts of the top 12 networks, and we'll talk about the whole a little bit of a controversy <laughs> around the top 12 networks yeah. a little bit later here, but it shows a, um, a flattening here over the last week in the, in the drop that we saw the week before that. Wow. So we saw a pretty significant drop from March 9th through as far as what the numbers that they're showing here on the top uh, 12 networks, it showed a pretty, a fairly significant drop and then it's leveling. But I know Rob Walsh put out information about what's happening on Lipson, and it was showing a, a double-digit drop in overall consumption of of downloads. We're not seeing that. We're steady as she goes, even Steven. And we actually put out a new article about it on Monday right. that talked about we actually surveyed podcasters. And right. actually, anybody, and again, you know, we're using what we have what we currently have in our, in our, you know, our data sets here. And, um, so we asked podcasters and here's, here's the breakout. And this is going to, this follows what we put out the week before. Wait, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Let me put this up in the wrong doggone button. Sorry. There we go. Got to get it right. It said 50% said downloads haven't changed. 25% said downloads increased. and. 25% said downloads decrease. So again, <laughs> it right. was, it, it was even now certain genres again have seen hits. Some genres right. have like seen increases. Has yeah. been hit. You know, you, I mean, you start thinking about genres that are related to events, mm-hmm. right? Those are going to get hit. Yeah. Um, and other genres are probably seeing an uptick. I, I, I think I saw some numbers that, that the show, the true crime stuff is, is not being listened to quite as much. Um, but a shift o- over to podcasts talking about the, the pandemic uh, spike as well. So, so one gal's yeah. doing a genealogy show and their, her numbers are up 13 to 25%. Right. And then another podcast, an anime podcast, he says that uh, he's seen a hundred percent increase. Now, why would you see a hundred percent increase? We don't. And we asked him why. He said, when the news of COVID-19 broke, I knew that people would be confined to their households and need entertainment. Just like me, coincidentally, just before the virus hit, my show was accepted Pandora, and I released an episode recorded at the Chicago Comic Entertainment Expo. Since then, I'm seeing a 100% increase, so maybe that was a combination of things that happened there. But right. another podcaster that's been with us since 2005, John, said that uh, he's seen a decrease. Yeah. He says, I've been podcasting in various forms since 2005. The two podcasts with download changes I've noticed are the Wired Homeschool, which one you would think would go up, and the other one, the Struggling for Purpose. He said, the Wired Homeschool has actually seen recent increase in downloads. However, I just stopped producing the podcast back in July. So he hasn't produced any new episodes. Of course, he says, downloads understandably dropped in February. He says, I saw a, rise, I saw a slight rise probably because parents begin to entertain the possibility of homeschooling their kids in March. My downloads are tripled over February. So oh, for that's so anyways, he has seen some increase and decrease. Mm-hmm. So again, I think it's really all about content, 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 content. Todd, have you seen a change in this show's numbers or have you even looked? I haven't looked recently, but we've, you know, we've been on a steady climb here for a while. We've been doing a, you know, we've, we've been marching. We've, you know, we've seen a good increase over the past three to four months, but we've been a little better job of promoting the show too. So, right. Yeah. I'm yeah. just curious how the change to it 
doing it twice a week has impacted. Yeah, I should I should how people are coming into the shore. Are we adding or are Mm. we duplicating or you know that 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 kind of thing would be interesting to know. Right. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see where the space continues to go. But it absolutely makes sense that so if that money's come out of radio, where are they going to put it? They're going to put it in TV and maybe that is if the radio is going to, if the local ads, there's not going anywhere. That's just, that's, that's money that'll never be recouped. Well, I'm starting to wonder, and I think some of the data that if you read, um, that, that IAB report was, we're starting to show that there are, these companies are actually reducing their budgets. Um, so that may be, it just may be a clean cut on the radio side. Uh, and they're they're not necessarily shifting it over dramatically over to podcasting, but the level of spend on podcasting may be the same or up a little bit. Who knows? Well, I think if you uh, think about it, the advertisers are thinking, listen, we got 20 million people out of work. Right. They don't, they're not going to spend money on nothing. They're, they, they are going to food, rent, water, electricity. That's, that's what they're going to buy. Right. They're not, they're not buying anything else. They're, you know, they're not buying any toys they're not buying no electronics they 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 are, they are in max absolute max conserve mode and they're probably deferring electric and water bills cuz they can't shut off the electric and water in most states right right so consumers are not spending they have no all these people out of work to have no disposable income and even myself i'm you know again very very thankful i still have a paycheck i'm not spending money on anything either because right. my two kids in hawaii are out of jobs, you know, and I'm thinking right. w- w- how long before the phone rings and my daughter says, dad, can you pay the rent or can you cover my rent for the next month? Right. That's true. You know, so I'm in that mode right now of, you know, trying to make sure that I have budget in case I have to step in as Papa. Right. And then, I mean, how is this changing the whole landscape of our remote work, right? Work from home scenarios. I know I have a daughter that's been trying, trying to find a new, new job too. And she's looking for a, you know, a home base job, right? So there's probably millions of people out there that would love a home base job right now. I was talking to a gal that attended, uh, Jennifer Navarrete's, uh, podcast event down in San Antonio. She called me yesterday. And she helps uh, people that her and I were talking the same language because she helps people that are blogging and have businesses and business funnels. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and she's starting a network of shows and has people that are now getting ready to come on. And, um, and I kind of shared with her, I said, you know, my two kids are out of work and, and, you know, I've been kind of using this as a dad moment to say, maybe you need to finish that degree so that you can have a, a job that'll be a little bit recession proof or, COVID-19 proof or whatever it is you go forward. And she goes, well, now she says, we're getting people that are coming in that are uh, desperate to start a, in other words, some, somebody just launched a voice work class and they had a whole bunch of people sign up to be do voiceover work. So people that are looking right. for things to add to their CV right. that they can use. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. And that's why I think podcasting is in a perfect position. If you're teaching something right now, on a specific topic, people are seeking that out. And you better be, you know, if, you, if you're doing a show right now that is something that will help someone do something, 
that to, to generate some income for generate income or, or help a, themselves. Yeah. It it is time to make hay. It, it it is time to to make sure you're promoting, make sure you're on social, make sure you're in those groups where those people are at, make sure you're all those things because this is the time to you know for certain podcasts. Any you know, I'm not saying this is a an op, be, to be opportunist. I'm just saying this is an opportunity to get your show out there. For people that will, we're not we're not looking before, right? And if you're not, you got to think about your content and who who needs you, right? We, we keep telling our podcast customers, if you need us, we're here. We're here to help, right? Because we know who our customers are. We're here to help. You guys are doing the same thing. We're here to help. You need us? Call us. Email us. We're here to help. Podcasters are got to think who's their audiences and who can they help right now? Who can they help? You know, right. it's all about value exchange. I mean, right. I mean, everybody has to be thinking about how they can add value to to others. Right. And I think that's always been the key to the podcasting medium is is people in this medium um, sharing and and helping others is the key to success. Definitely. And the and the one thing people are going to do is the last thing they're going to turn off. The last disposable income thing they're going to shut off is their phone. Right. Because they're going to ride it. They're going to ride the phone bill as long as they can on their mobile phone. Right. So they're going to have, and, and, and companies are. That's their connection to the world. That's right. right there. So, right. you know, again, mobile phone, food, you know, electricity, you know, it's one of those key items right now where budget's going to go to. They may cut the internet at the house before they cut their mobile phone. Right. That's true. But then they're cutting off Netflix. <laughs> well, Verizon and AT&T right. and T-Mobile have all forgiven data caps. So they know they've got parents at home with kids. So there is not going to be a data. You might be throttled a little bit after a certain amount, but they're not going to come in and throw the hammer at you at this point. Well, that and, and there's nothing to stop people from, from using their phones as a, as a hotspot too. Right. Right. I mean, I've, I've done it before. I've streamed TV content on my TV using my mobile phone. So, so Daniel says, knowing this affects podcasting, I push myself to get the Dassey podcast going again. It feels good to have some momentum again. Yeah. People, it's like Daniel's show. There are people out there, you know, took a call this morning from a gentleman out of uh, Chicago who is helping another person get a show going. And absolutely not a single clue on how to get started. And I said, okay, listen, you're, you're going to be doing a commercial show. You have budget. Yes, I've got budget. Okay, great. We'll get mm -hmm. you connected with my blueberry pro team. We'll get you set up. We'll get you going a couple of days. We can have you online. Get your, start recording content. They knew how to record content. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know how to do anything else. They I said, how to get it distributed. I said, right. so I said, we'll get yeah. you, get you hooked up and get you started. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, mm -hmm. and I just, why I was here late last night was because I was answering co calls from the West coast. Right. People at four o'clock in the afternoon going, Hmm, what's the podcasting thing. And That's right. And Can course, I do something here? All right, right. And my team is gone. So what do they do? They call sales and gets the answer machine. <laughs> they, 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 they col collect tech support and get the answer machine. And, Oh, there's the CEO click. And then they get me. <laughs> right. 
and I'm still an- and I'm yes. still answering the phone at seven o'clock. Right. Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and the guy's yeah. like, "Wow, you're answering the phone," <laughs> and my response was, "You you got to make hay while the sun shines." Right. So, and it, it's it's yeah. probably a bad way to analogize that, but yeah, I got to make sure these people are taken care of. Got to be here for them. Right. That's true. Well, Todd, I know you saw this 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 report from from Edison Research about buying five networks gives advertisers significant reach, and what they're saying is they can, if you buy five podcast networks, you can reach fifty uh, percent of the weekly podcast consumers. But they don't mention which five networks. Tom, are you on today? Are you watching? Oh my goodness. I just got some news. Did you now? I did. I, I'm asking if can I share? I literally, it just dinged right now. On the same topic? No, a different topic. Different topic. So I'm very excited. I'm going to, we'll, we'll see here. I just came in. It's completely, so, okay. Uh, she's giving me the message right now. Well, there's some big news that's going to be announced next week, too. Oh. Uh, well, this is this is non-podcast news. Oh, it is. Yeah, she's sending me a message. So, um, I'm about ready to jump out of my seat. So, uh, really? Yeah. So, anyway, going back. Yeah, I saw this thing from Tom. Tom, are you watching? Oh, okay, I can't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is frustrating. I, I, totally I have been sworn that. to secrecy. Yes. God, you're doing the right thing though, right? Yeah, I had to, I had to ask, can I share? I'll tell you after we're done. Um, so anyway, this thing with uh Tom was when I read that I thought, hmm. And I'm sure he's got good intentions, but it almost sounded like a commercial, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and he has a quote in here that said, achieving that kind of reach 10 years ago would have meant buying thousands of individual podcasts. But as these numbers, uh, these reach numbers continue to change, buying podcasts at scale is more feasible than ever. Ah. So that's an interesting quote, given both of our history and especially yourself buying across large numbers of shows. And you've been saying for months now that that's what they should be doing even today. Well, the, here's the thing. Those are probably networks with very big shows. Or have a lot of shows. Right. And I, it makes me laugh. Right. And, I, and when I heard, when, when, you know, when I read that, I actually did a little chuckle. I didn't even really, my brain just kind of triggered. It said, yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> you know, yes, I can give, Hey, today, if you're an advertiser, we can deliver you a hundred million downloads a month right now. <laughs> hundred, actually about almost 200 million. I can get you 200 million downloads a month, but you're going to buy a lot of shows. <laughs> right. Well, but, Todd, this does raise some questions, right? Um, the list of the top five networks that they're listed here are not disclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did he get the list? Well, yeah. And, and what's the, what's the first thing that people are going to do when they see this? Where are they going to go, Todd, to find out the top 
five network, more than likely. They're either going to go to Triton or they're going to go to PyTrack. Okay. So all, all you have to do is flip over to PyTrack. And look at the top five. And, and look at the top five. But the and thing that's is, what these ad, ad buyers are going are, are gonna to do based on this data. Here's right? the problem, though. That's the five networks PodTrack measures. Right. But there's, there's no other ranker out there that is even to the level of PodTrack. So, so, you know, what, what is a person going to do with this data? How many cars on the train, Rob? We heard the train. I don't know. <laughs> Ongoing joke here. Rob is, I'm going to start asking him every time we hear the train. And those of you that missed a, a previous show, you'll know what I'm in reference to. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so, I have a little train track that's running around in circles down yeah. here. Yeah. No, so, so right. you know, so again, it's, and I, I, I hope media buyers are just. I mean, it's here's, here's what it is though. Here's the simple. I'm not sure that this is the right message to be putting out to the podcasting medium. Yeah, yeah, it is. Of course it is. Because, because the rest of the indie podcasters are continue to get shit on and forgot about. Right. And all they, all, all the advertisers think about is the biggest shows and well, it's not even the biggest shows. It's, it's the biggest network. Right. And, and meanwhile, 97% of that's the thing that blows me away. The number is not right. Well, it, and it's not, <laughs> networks aren't what matter, right? It's the shows that matter. What is the top five shows? Well, I look at it this way. This is how I, in, in part of what he says is correct, but I mean, what, I'm you, sure it's but correct. don't want, don't you want non, duplicative audience. Well, that's what he's claiming is it. These numbers represent is non-duplicative audience. Unduplicated cumulative. Nah, I don't believe that networks usually are very duplicative inside of the network. Right. I mean, especially if it's a common genre, right. You know, in that network, right. Which, you know, what he's really pointing to, right. I think we both know what networks he's pointing to, right? He's talking about iHeartRadio. He's talking about NPR. Mm -hmm. He's talking about, I don't know. Who, I mean, who else Todd, would be I, part I, of that? Well, maybe ESPN and. Uh, yeah, I'm sure those numbers are doing really well right now. No comment. I know. Right. I think they're actually holding their own, believe it or not. They, well, but, they probably are, but they're probably a little bit struggling on the content side. Oh, you just, you're making me Google pod track ranker. I don't even want to go over to their webpages because it gives them every time I click on a page, it gives them, uh, some authority. I don't like even doing that. I know. Um, but the, the ranker actually shows the top seven networks are 55% of weekly podcast. 55% of pod tracks, weekly consumption. Yeah, I mean, how else would it, would they have gotten this data? They don't know. They don't know how many I measure. Right. They they don't know how many. Well, they know how many shows you measure. They know how they. And we've been pretty public about how many shows we measure. Okay, I'm gonna read the disclaimer at the bottom of this slide. Right. 
I know Todd, if you want to try and pull it up, but it says how to read purchasing run of network advertising on leading podcast networks will reach 22% of weekly podcast consumers adding the second largest network uh, will total an unduplicated 31% of weekly podcast consumers. Um, Tom yeah, says I, that that's in Tom's article. Yep. Well, it's on a slide, uh, from, it looks like it's a, I don't know if it's an Edison slide. It doesn't, it's not a- attributed to Edison as a slide, but it is on a, on the podcast business journal page. It doesn't actually have the Edison. Well, no, no, it actually does have the, the Edison logo on it. Um, so let's, let's think about this. I'm just going to take a guess that you guys are measuring and I haven't looked, I could look, but I haven't looked in a while. You guys are probably mm-hmm. measuring 60, 65,000 shows. I would guess I would just more than that. All more right. Than that, so yeah. let's, you know, active shows. Let's be careful on what we say here. Active shows. Right. So we're, I know just by having looked at something a couple of weeks ago that we're above 60,000 shows that we're measuring. Now you and I, some of our customers use both stats. So there might be three, 4,000 in there. They're using both. Right, that are crossed over. They're sure. crossed over. So, you know, but I would say that uniquely just you and I, 120,000, let's just throw that out for a number, 120,000. So let's, let's throw Podbean in. Podbean isn't, you, we can't measure anybody on Podbean. So let's, let's put 40,000 or 50,000 from Podbean on there. So that's 170. Right. Then everyone else, there's probably a quarter of a million podcasts that are being measured across 10, 12, 15 hosts, whatever, you know, Daniel's on here. He can tell us. Right. And, um, yes. And there will be some measuring on pod track, Daniel, that is true. So some of ours will be measuring on pod track as well. Right. And then there's anchor too. That's pumping out a bunch of shows. Right. So, you you know, but none of it, I'm not measuring anchor shows. So right. let's say you've got a quarter of a million shows and that's a big, big, that's a big cumulative number of, of unique listeners. Right. right. And then you're going to say those five networks do, do it 50% of those quarter of a million other shows. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to so, so Someone's going to have to show me the the math on that. Well, I'm not even sure how they can even get to this number because they don't actually. know. I, they, I'm I don't publicly say what our our number is, what our total downloads per month is. Podtrack claims they claims and and Cridlin made this claim on or put on his that Podtrack was measuring a billion downloads a month. Okay. Okay, so there's way over there's multiple billions a month. So, what can you say, Rob? I mean, what how, what is the total? I think you guys report it in your in your uh, in your SEC filings. How many downloads are you guys measuring a a month? Can you say? I don't even know that I have that number off the off the tip of my tongue right now. So it's probably in the multiple billions. I would think. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm just guessing at this point so i don't have the accurate number so i know what our number is and right. let's consider yours as a billion let's just say it's a billion right you know i've got a big number podbean's got a big number 
all these other groups have a big number. That's not 50%. Right. Of the total podcast. But he's quote, quote unquote, non-duplicative. So that's where the, because, you know. So some, he's saying that, I mean, he's basically saying that the, the number one network in podcasting is capturing 22%. Impossible. Of, of impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Of publicly reported. Let's. I don't even know how, how he could even come up with a number like that. Well, I mean, it's again, it, uh, he it came must up. It be based on research information. He came not up with something. Real data. He came up with something publicly reported. Right. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not going to split hairs on this too much, but. No, it we, just doesn't, doesn't drive. I don't like the message that it sends. That's, that's the part that I don't like about it. So someone that's got a calculator that's listening right now, take a billion, divide it by a thousand and multiply it by 25. Tell me what that number is. A billion. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not doing, I know. I'm just, some, someone's going to help us here. <laughs> but Todd, if you go to PodTrack and you look at their number one network, it, it shows how many right. that they're tracking. Right. right? right. And it's right. like maybe what, what a hundred million or something like yeah, that. Yeah. How is a hundred million or 150 million or even 200 million, 22% of total podcasting? Impossible. It's not. Not. It's not anywhere near. <laughs> no, it's probably like, one five, or two percent maybe five maybe three maybe <laughs> i don't even think it's that high yeah but anyway so I, you know those that are seeing this i would really you know i hope tom comes in here and defends himself and defends he's, he's going to tell us how we done he's going to tell us how we got it wrong <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure that's true but i think he's gonna have a hard time because nobody has this information it, no one has publicly stated. Someone tried. The IEB tried. I reported right. back to that. IEB had a thing like three or four years ago where we re, actually no, It's part of the ad survey stuff where we report numbers. I think we participated last year. I think 23 right. companies did. I think we paid $2,000 the pleasure of submitting our numbers <laughs> or right. whatever it was. And that report came out and it showed, you know, global download data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One network with 22% of so, podcasting. Eileen says, there's very little transparency in podcasting. I always wonder why we only get a slice of the day, but no one ever shares the whole pie. I've got data, but I'm not telling you where it's coming from. Just trust me. Well, here's the thing, Eileen. You, you know, this is what we set our business up as in the beginning. When we started in the beginning, people are very, very sensitive about their numbers. And we basically said, we won't share your data. You know, we, it's part of our terms of service. We'll not share your data unless you specifically write me a letter and sign it and say, you can share my data. Right. You know, that, that's, you know, for, for a long, long time, I was using Daniel's, um, stats in some of our demo stuff and we quit using that, you know, for, but that was, you know, I had asked Daniel, is it okay if I show this data? We got permission to show it. Not right. anymore. I haven't used Daniel's stuff in you know, three, four years probably. And, um, so I've got some other folks right now that have given us permission to show their data when we have to do demos and stuff. 
But I, I think what it is, is that there's no transparency in radio because there's, you know, there's no such thing because radio just gets some, some report from Nielsen saying this is their percentage of market share. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and television's not sharing, you know, they're giving you some estimated audience numbers. They know exactly what their numbers are because they're getting it all through the cable boxes now. You know, they know right. how long you watch that television program now. Right. So. So, Todd, I do a, do a search in Google um, under PodTrack Ranker. Yeah, I did that. And, and it, it comes up with its own, Google generates its own ranking chart. Yeah, they have a. They what they what they have there is they've hit they have hit the the mother load. This is what's called a snippet. And if any of you ever get a snippet for something you have on your website, this is the number one generating traffic. I for years I had the GoDaddy when I someone uh, Googled GoDaddy promo codes. This is what they got, and they got my codes. My God, I don't have any more. But when I did. <laughs> So right. yeah, they say uh, number one NPR. Oh, here it is. And this is from November 2019. Oh yeah, long. Temporary publishing rankings. Hmm. It says temp. That's weird. They don't yeah. want to change that page because they'll lose that. But it shows NPR's 152 million downloads and streams, and that's. That's 22% of the podcast market? No, nowhere near. That, of course, I mean, that's 2019 data, so. Right, that's old data. And only 67 shows. That's right. the kicker there. Only 67 shows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that, okay. Here's one. Okay, I found a ranker for March 2020. Mm-hmm. It shows on a national public radio in number one again with 215 million. It's still, it's still not 22%. Maybe it's. I thought I turned that's, my. That's, I, I believe that's a year to date number. No, 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 no. I think that's monthly. No, no. It, it shows a unique monthly. Audience. That's oh, how, okay. no, yeah. No, audience. Month, Aud- that's what they think their audience size is 22 million. Because people are listening to multiple episodes. Yeah, right. Okay. That's, that's un, yeah, that's unduplicated or unique audience. That's unique okay. audience. So, yeah. So, yeah. So 215 million is what they show. And that is, that is, is not, not, is 22% of the podcast. Market. And people that listen to NPR have a tendency to listen to a lot of NPR shows. So there, that is duplicative audience within that right. network subset. I think I said that right. right? And, and iHeartRadio is number two with 206 million um, downloads and streams. So they draw it, they're, their total in that up across 387 shows. So I think what ends up happening here, 142,701,000. I'm, I'm just doing some math on one of these. I'm going to divide that by one show a week. That's four. 
equals and then divide that by 327. So those shows, <laughs> you can't be right. Let me do that again. I'm taking that November. So give me the, the March number for NPR. What was the March number for NPR? Uh, 215,368,000 divided right. by how many shows? 49 shows. Okay. So we're going to divide that. First of all, we're going to divide this number by four for four weeks out of the month. Right. And then we're going to divide that by how many shows? 49 shows. So on average, then their shows on average get 109,881 listeners or downloads per episode. If we just took them as a whole, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. It's an average across all the shows. Across right. all the shows. Right. So. That's impressive. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm sure it's not like that. I think I, probably it's the 80, 20, right, rule right, right, probably right, right. 20% of the shows are getting, you know, so let's, let's, or let's take that, that number for iHeart. So iHeart had how many, what was the total download? 306,372,000. Divide that by four. By 387 active shows. See, now that gets, yeah, I must have, that says that they're doing 197,914 downloads per on average per show. And you know, who who's doing their measurement? <laughs> well, 300. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't, I did I do that random right? 326 million. No, I don't think that's right. Three, it, no, it's 306 million. 372. All right. I'm going to divide that by four divided by, and then divide that by how many shows? 387 shows. Yeah, that's right. I've done it twice. 197,914 downloads on average per episode. That's considering if they do one a week per show. And I'm sure there's some there that do dailies and all that. So Right, right. The New York Times, which is number three on the list, mm -hmm. is showing 127,949,000 downloads. So 127,949,000 across 10 shows. Okay. And I'm going to divide that by four and divide that again by 10. See, that's an incredible number. 3.198 million downloads per episode for the New York Times on average. Per, per show. Per episode. Per show. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah, interesting. A little, a little, you know, that's, it's not that. This is everyone be clear. We, we're just using an average of four episodes a month. The New York Times has probably got a daily show or something. I don't know. So that's, yeah, st that's sure still, that still have, impressive. Have, have, have daily shows, sure. It's still impressive. But, you know, compared is to the rule. Well, Compared to the rest of the space, it's, of course it's got to be true. PodTrack's uh, IEB certified and using a redirect. Right. Must be. Got to be. And that's across, uh, I don't know, 11,522 unique listeners. That's across 11 million unique listeners? And they're getting yeah. 
Hmm. We we had to do, we had to play with that. I need to get that in a spreadsheet and play with that a little bit. Because <laughs> we right. could go through and find all those shows and get the average number. Hey, there's a hey hey Daniel. You want a project? <laughs> there's the there's the project is find out you know get the list of the 327 shows and then uh find out right. you know by by list how many of how many episodes that is and and right. then we could really come up with a number <laughs> right. it would just be some averages to be fun to look at so todd if you look at the top five shows like from that yeah. Uh, Edison Research, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, NPR, number one, iHeartRadio, number two, New York Times, number three, Wondery, number four, and PRX, number five. Okay. And if you were to add up the total number of shows across the top five, yeah. I, don't know if, I, don't, I don't know if you want to do that sure. here. Uh, 49 with NPR. Oh, oh, hang on. I'll restart. 49, go ahead. 387. From iHeart. Yeah. 10 from New York Times. Yeah. 91 from Wondery. Yeah. 82 from PRX. 619 shows. Is driving 22% of the podcasting downloads? Impossible. So let's just do it. Go, go it the other way. Just give me. Don't don't round up or round down. Give me the millions in uh, those first five shows, the math on those. So oh, on a monthly basis for yeah, March, okay. Yeah. Uh, two hundred and fifty-one or two hundred and fifteen million. Yep. Two hundred and six million. Yep. One hundred and twenty-eight million. Mm-hmm. Fifty-nine million. Mm-hmm. And eighty-two million. Six hundred ninety million downloads. 690 million downloads is 22% of the global podcasting market. Let me think about your numbers and my numbers that aren't publicized. Hmm. I, I, and on Podbean, just us three alone? No way. Impossible. Just if I take Podbean, Libsyn, and Blueberry, just what I know off the top of my head, no way. No way. But then again, he said non, because the the determining factor there was non-duplicative. You'd buy the top, you'd buy 20-some percent of non-duplicative audience. Well, that's just the the uniques, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's just a total of the uniques column here. But, no, let's get, let's look at that. Let's look at those. Give me those uniques. Don't just round up the yeah, tens. But, yeah, but Todd, how <laughs> does Edison know what's non-duplicative across those five networks? Right, they don't unless they do through an average edit. So let's just let's just we're gonna do how we're gonna drive Tom nuts here when he listens to this show. Give me the unique unique monthly audience in millions. Round up to the in that okay. report uh first one is npr with 26 okay. million yep iheart is 24 million yep the new york times is 11 million yep and wondery is almost 10 so i would put them 10 yeah 
And PRX is nine. Nine. So that's 80 million. Now, how many, let's just pull the audience and see what, so if we had NPR, iHeart, New York Times, Wondering, PRX, and they, they, they're getting 80 million U.S. unique monthly audience numbers, then, yes. of course, what does as Edison say is the monthly unique by their survey? Do we remember or, what, what, their, what they came up with with month, monthly unique in their survey? Mm, uh, I think we'd have to go. Wasn't go it one six? Wasn't it right. one sixty or something like that? Someone help us go to go to uh, Edison Research uh, Infinite Dial and look at the average monthly audience that's listened to, uh, I think, to at least one podcast. Or mm-hmm. let's hear. I'm I, I'm trying to pull it up. I'm sure that's where he's getting that information. I'm sure he's yeah, using probably. that. That's probably the comparison he's using. He's yeah. taking the survey data with the unique, unique monthly audience and then throwing some factor at it. Have we completely lost you guys? <laughs> They're watching. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, do the download the uh, research. Yeah, you'll my... have to go through 80 slides. We'll just, Tom's listened to this, so he's just going to have to tell us how we got the math. So monthly, well, I can get to it pretty quick here while we talk about something else. <laughs> but it goes back to the simple fact that there is no ultimate clearinghouse of data. Well, you know? this is based on survey data. Right. So, well, his survey data, which is okay. I'll, I'll accept his survey right. data. And then he's using the, the. Okay. So I have a monthly. Oh, that's online, but not podcasting. Here hey, Marty Height. Thanks for joining. Hey, Bob, Rita. Oh, you're yeah. okay. Here, here it is. Uh, okay, that's I, I think it's monthly. Like, monthly is it says here monthly uh, podcast listening in 2020. It was. Uh, 37% or 104 million. Hmm. Okay. So, so let's so, take, so 50% would be what? 50, 52 million. Yep. And so if we look at those three numbers at 80 million, I think he could maybe deduce that that is 50%. If he was using that US unique monthly audience numbers at 80 million for March and then He's got, he's probably thinking there's some duplicate in there. He threw a factor at it that most people are listening to six, you know, so, so maybe he, I think it's fuzzy math. We'd have to figure out how he did the fuzzy math to come up with that number. But I think there's a lot of duplicate of audience too, because, you know, he, even is in his survey data, it shows that there's a lot of duplicative audience. You've got people that are listening to five, six shows. Yeah, but how is he getting the unduplicated percentage? Because it's not that's, in his research. That's the question. Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's some fancy factor he threw at it. And we'll have to get him on and, or have him just let us know. All right. I'm surprised he hasn't come on the chat because usually when we're talking about him, somebody, well, somebody, lets, him, somebody, yeah. lets, somebody lets him know we're talking about him. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you know, I 
I'm open to it, but you know, I, I think what we're seeing, you and I are focused on like global downloads. We were talking about that earlier. We weren't thinking about this U.S. unique monthly audience. Well, because I believe that this data is U.S. only. Right. And I'm measuring global and I've got, yeah, well, I, and so is, and so is Lipson, right? I, I've got, I've got some shows from Brazil that, uh, that knocks, um, well, would be like number, see, what was, what was, uh, what was the, uh, what was PRX's number? PRX is, uh, nine million, uh, what, uniques. Monthly. What was their global download number though? Uh, 81. Oh yeah. So I got, I got shows from Brazil that just, you put them down a notch. <laughs> well, yeah. so do we, right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, and we've got, got the biggest show in the world on our platform and that show isn't even reflected in any of these numbers. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I, I don't know. I, I guess what the distinction is, is us only versus global and, and you and I tend to look at the podcasting market from a global perspective. Yeah. This is looking at it only US only. So, and if that's the case, then maybe, you know, I'm just still shocked that such a small number of shows r- represents half of the podcasting space in the US. Yeah. I, well, again, if, re- that's if it's what true. The, if it's true. Yeah. So, and, I don't know how we would ever know for sure to to say that the data that we're seeing here is is wrong. Yeah. But I do know that the Edison research stuff is based on survey information. It's not based on real server data, mm-hmm. right? PodTrack is, you know, it it is pulling real data, right? So one thing so, that we ask, you know, just to give you an idea of the level, let's just talk tech here for a second. I had um, a client that has, well, a company that wants us to um, white label their redirect. And basically I had told them that we wanted to know if their system could scale to 3 million redirects an hour. Mm-hmm. what their uptime was. And I was basically, um, they squawked when I said I wanted 99.9999, which allows you to have about 10 minutes of downtime a year. Uh, maybe a little more than that. Someone can probably Google that, but they, and then, you know, they didn't squawk as hard when I said 99.999% reliability to, with three levels of redundancy. Mm-hmm. Three levels of redundancy means you have a server that's taking redirects. It goes down 10 seconds later. The next server comes up. It handles the load and all of a sudden it falls over. And 10 seconds later, the third server takes over. You know, mm-hmm. the chance of that happening is, is slim. We've went to a secondary server before, but we've never went to the, the third redundancy in a, in a, in a server before. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it can't help and happen and you know, God forbid that it does. But, mm-hmm. um, right. you, you would, and when you ask them to be able to support that level of traffic, right. the, the pushback was immense, but we also know that 
what happens in podcasting is is a um a company may only be measuring well, let's say 300,000 downloads an hour on average but mm-hmm. then there's surge and they surge to 3 or 4 million downloads a month it's, I mean an hour it's not necessarily the you know we we just run a math thing you know right. and so people get upset when we tell them you know, you got to be able to handle throughput of about 3 million an hour just for me to be comfortable with you to even, and you have to prove it to me in order mm-hmm. to be able to run a redirect. So, right. so if, if it's true and Podtrack says that they're doing a billion, I don't know if my calculator will go this high. Oh, maybe not. You take a billion, divide that by, 30 and divide that by 24 mm-hmm. you have to look at that type of throughput to be able to handle that type of load and you know it's that's not no matter what you're doing it's no small feat and right. so when as a podcaster when you're out there looking at different measurement systems you, you know you need to understand whether or not someone can handle surge and can handle that uptick and load and and it, and it doesn't fail and fall over and you all of a sudden you're offline. Um, so a lot of people out there trying to do measurement right now. And I guess I don't know how I got into this topic. Just looking at these numbers, you know, I, I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, I, I wonder what PodTrack has put in place. Because I haven't talked to Mark about that in a while, how he handles his redundancy to make sure his redirect never, you know, because I basically have told Angelo, our redirect can't go down. If it does go down. It, you know, there better be nuclear weapons falling on the planet, <laughs> you know, mm. and, you know, it's, there's nothing is foolproof and nothing, you know, nothing is foolproof. And, you know, all I can do is knock on wood and pray we never run into those, any one of those situations because it can be very devastating to anyone that has an, a, a significant outage. And mm-hmm. uh, so when it goes back to the measurement thing, you know you've got a lot of companies out there that are measuring, but they're nowhere near certified and, and, uh, and putting their own spin on things and their own formula. So at least with PodTrack, right. us and you and whoever else has got IEB certified, I'm not going to poo poo the numbers too much, but I know the difference between our redirect and our log files. So. Right. Hey Todd, I, I did notice that there's been some talk about Spotify testing out like what Apple's had for a little while here of um, doing things with uh, podcast hosts um, in their user interface, right? Uh, Putting like a little photo image, like maybe a little bio um, that, that rides along with the, with the podcast experience. And it looks like Spotify may be testing out profile pages for podcast hosts. Hmm. And I know that Apple asked us to submit our stuff for this show to to do the same thing with this show, but right. I haven't I haven't sent it to them yet. But Rob, but it, but it looks like uh, that's what Spotify might be working on. Yeah, I, I saw something about that today. Mm-hmm. I heard about. It. I didn't read it. People love Spotify. Yes, they do. Yeah. Marty says, I want to know both global, but also have advertiser and sponsors that want to know the specific U.S. numbers. Yeah, we break that out for you mm-hmm. on our system. You just go to the state view and we give you the state number on an episode. But you have to, 
it's not as easy to pull out. You have to go look at it manually. But if you're, you know, if you need the U.S. numbers, you can get a, a pretty good rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think most of us do that, give you the state breakout. Because I've had that tap before where advertisers would only allow us to bill for U.S. and Canada, and I had to throw everything else out. Hey, Todd, I had this, uh, this, th- th- this thought about, um, you know, a lot of podcasts like to do it in person, right? So you have a group of people around a table, you know, I mean, how many studio pictures do you know of, of podcasts that are done, you know, with a group of people, right? right. And I know that a lot of shows produce like that. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm sure most of them have probably converted over to doing it via Skype or zoom or some of these other platforms and was just thinking, you know, how everybody, it's now a stylish thing now to have a mask. (laughs) Right. So how do we, you know, we may be coming into a time and I'm just speculating here where, where we're so focused on trying to get our economy back open and, and try and get, you know, people working again and moving again that, you know, it looks like the, this whole mask thing is, is one pathway to, you know, bridging that gap. And well, the mask- I'm just curious, you know, are we going to see microphone manufacturers come out with uh, masks with uh, high-end microphones built into them? Well, yeah, I think there's an opportunity for, for covers, especially if they're right. going into a studio, because I'm not, I'm not going to want to go into a third-party studio. This is my mic. This is right. my foam cup. No one else is talking to this. I can lick it and be fine. Right. 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 <laughs> but but if you have a studio where you're bringing in people into that. Um, and a lot of shows do that. A lot of the, a lot of big <laughs> shows are doing that. I just wonder if, you know, I don't know what a microphone would sound like um, inside of a, of a N95 or N99 <laughs> mask. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be an N95, but at least have a, be able to replace the, the foam easy. Or maybe you have right. your own personal foam. Well, I mean, these just slide right off. Yeah, right? but so maybe what you do is you order a box of those and, you know, when Johnny comes in, you say, Johnny, well, take, you know, here's the plastic bag, Johnny, with your foam cover. <laughs> but Todd, it's, it's more than that because what you want to do is you, I mean, it's going to be mandatory for all of us, I think, going forward to wear masks when well, we're around other people. But if it's, period, but if you're right? going to be using a microphone and it has a cover on it, you change the cover out, I think you're going to be good. No, but, but if you're in a room with other people is what I'm saying. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But is a mask, because people aren't going to want to wear a mask and talk into a microphone like this. Oh, I think they're going to have no choice. But if you had a mask that had a microphone built into it. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. So I guess there's a, there's a business opportunity there. Right. And yeah, I'm just wondering what it would sound like. I mean, cause I'm seeing a lot of the, the big news anchors like on the big networks now, you're, you're seeing more and more reporters with uh, face masks on when they're doing, doing live updates. So, but they're on the public usually. So, you know, but if you think about right. and that right. kind of leads to something that I saw Evo had published a blog post that basically said the reason these TV people sound so bad is because the public wants them back in the studio. And I, I don't know. I think they just, I think they're trying to sound good and they can't because they just weren't prepared to 
do this. Yeah, I mean, you don't see any of the big anchors using high quality microphones. But at the same time, I you know, I've just talked about recently having trouble getting good quality out of a lab. So, you know, the the labs that they're using in these broadcasts are must be really really fantastic and a high probably a very high price item. Well, they can be. I mean, you you can spend a lot of money on those, but I don't think that they're a very good solution for in home. Oh no, because they're because they're condensers. They're right. they're designed to be used in sound studios. Yeah. But I think podcasters are doing pretty good, and you know I don't mind having a mic in front of me doing live. You know we've been doing this for years this way, so right it, it would it would, it would be kind of shocking though to see a TV person have a big fat mic like this doing their the producers wouldn't allow it number one because it would be too much reference that it's it looking like radio you know they they want them to look like this right yeah right that's true so it, and i've like we've talked about on the show i've i own a lavalier i got a high-end lavalier i spent like maybe two or three hundred dollars on right. it um and i tried to use it on this show it's still not the, twice it's still not it's, the best quality and it sounded like shit. Yeah. So, so I don't know if they've got hanging mics in those studios or how they're actually, it, it, you know, maybe we can have a broadcast person that's listening to the show tell us how they, on these, um, on these here, sets. Me, uh, put uh, this mic. Right. It, know, it, yeah. I, I can't even do it. Yeah. So if I come down here like this and I take it out of the camera view. It's, right? it's, it's not so how bad. Does that sound? It's not bad. But it's, you know, we definitely need to have your room uh, uh, treated kind of sound, as well. Yeah, yeah, sound, sound buffered. Yeah, because it's, it still doesn't sound the best. You, know, you get a little echoey and you're not on yeah. it. Right. So that's why we all use dynamic microphones is because well, this, both of these mics have strong rear rejection because we're talking into big screens in front of us yep. and the sound bounces back. Well, that condenser I had that I used for years had good rear rejection. I'm sure, yeah, because right. it, you know I was it was definitely because I would speak into it and it, it was right in front of my face because it was like this, right? It was one of those, right. right? And what I did for those of you listening is I put the SM57 SMB SMB7 straight up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see some people doing that where they have the mic down here and it's coming up from, from below and it yep. doesn't have this arm up here. Craig says, uh, it's funny when chat shows have big mics sitting on the desk and they're not even connected. Marty right. says they do both booms, labs, and other. So, but those booms, though, those booms have to be pretty doggone good. And, you know, because if you think about it, those booms are... You know, you got a big studio shot. Those booms have to be pretty high to not be in the camera right. shot. So, right. I mean, I could do that too. I could have a microphone hanging from up up here, right, just above the camera view. Yep. But it's but it's it's not going to sound anything like what I'm doing right now. Well, I, here's a here's the thing, Rob. This is where some sound design person, someone that is a professional audio person in these big high production studios. And actually, we got one that listens to this show. He needs us to come up with some cool ideas on how to get us away from the mic 
so that we even look more cool doing our shows, doing our, we can look like, we can look like real broadcasters. (laughs) Well, there's these, these mics that you can get that, you know, align along, you know, along your, your mouth and your cheek. Yeah. I've got, I've got, but the problem with those is they, they don't have very good sound. So I've got one of those that I'm testing for my studio over here and you're right. right. It's, it's not, it's not the same as having this big, you know, big diaphragm here to talk into. Right. So I don't know. I don't, I guess know, how, we, I don't know how we get around this problem. I know a lot of them. It's are not a problem for us. The, the, no, it's not. It's, it's for podcasters though. I mean, we're mostly audio anyway, so yeah. we, we don't really care that much about the video really. So I had the, during one of my shows, the, or was it this show? The podcast Detroit guy came on. Was it? The show where, well, they are doing what they're doing. Yeah, I think it was the show. Yeah, so they're doing everything. They're basically got two teams set up that are having people remote in and recording their shows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess it's something they're going to have to think about. Maybe, maybe in these studios, maybe it's going to be bring your own mic. Bring your own mic and... There's yeah. going to have to be booths or something set up, you know, there's going to, and then have to be wiped down after every. Have to separate people though, because what has been said is that even the six foot distance from yeah. people isn't usually enough. So, and I, so. I'm not promoting this as a, as a, a solution, but in this studio, I have two, um, I think I talked about it already. I've got two. Uh, systems that basically are air filters and they, uh, they're HEPA filter and they have the same micron reading, uh, rating as an N95. And, uh, so I've been running those things at full blast here in the studio, even though, you know, I'm by myself, but I've been running them at their maximum circulation capacity. The company is not making any claims that they will pull out the virus. They, they don't say anything about that, but all I know is it's got the 0.3 micron, or I think it's 0.3 micron is the or 0.1, whatever it is, whatever the N95. Oh, I lost Rob. Oh, he'll be back. So, anyway, so maybe that's going to be part of the solution. It's going to be some air filtering in studios as well. Oh, there you go, Rob. I don't know. I think uh, we had a network disconnect happen. I'm not even surprised because the way everyone's on meetings and stuff, not surprised at all. So what say you, what do you think is going to happen? You know, for, for the majority of podcasters though, they don't go into studios for the indies. Right. The indies don't go into studios. Right. Like but, us, we do them from our right. office. But those right. that have set up, those that have businesses are those that have set up to do their shows in studios. We could lose some shows because of this. You know, there could be some shows that aren't able to, to record, or maybe they don't want to record remotely, or they're going to have to make some serious investment in each of their own home studios. I think this show turns out pretty damn good with the, you know, you're coming in via Skype. You know, I listen. I don't listen to a lot of the show, but I sample it when it's done. And, there is, well, there goes Robbie in. There's very little discernible difference between him and I in sound. 
Yeah, I think we had a we had a collision between calls because I I called you back when you called me. I never called you back. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No, that's oh. weird. Or maybe my system automatically called you back. I don't think so. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyway. So as you were saying, uh, I'm just saying, um, there's just going to be a shift. Well, people are adapting already. So maybe, you know, maybe folks like Podcast Detroit, this is going to be bad for their business. Because they say, hey, we've been recording it from our home. We've invested in this money to have a good sound. Let's just, let's just continue to do it from home and not bother going to the, the studio. I think, you know, from a, you know, just from a work perspective, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit of a gauge on our productivity as a team. And I think that I can see plus and minuses. And I think some people are more prone to be able to be more productive at home than others. So I think it's going to be the same thing with shows. There's going to be some shows that are going to do fine and thrive and some shows that are, are not going to do well. Yeah, I think that the audio quality may not be as good because if you're only doing it over these these calling platforms, it may not be as good as doing it in in studio. And I know that there's a lot, lot of shows out there that are that do their shows in front of a live audience mm-hmm. too. I'm not not a lot, but there's some, right? Well, that's definitely gone for the foreseeable future, right? And us doing this show live on stage is, though it oh. looks like. Po- Podcast movement is still charging ahead, thinking that they're they're going to be doing their event. But we did see something today. Sean sent it over to me that they this is a they first this is the first talk that they posted somewhere that they're thinking of moving it to the right. They're talking about moving it to later in the year, considering it. I think yeah. that's a smart move by them because I, I just I'm looking at the time frame. It's going to be tight on August. October probably be okay, but August, uh, don't know. We'll see. I don't think it's it's either one of two things going to happen uh, with that event. People have been cooped up so long that they'll be ready for to get out of house and go to an event, or the attendance will be way down because people are scared to go. So I just wonder, Todd, of what's going to happen is. Um, these, we're going to open up the country when everybody can get really good face masks, right? Uh, no. <laughs> you don't think so? No. People can't, you can't buy a face mask right now. Good luck buying I face masks. Oh, no, I know, but by then. Oh, maybe. Like in a few months. Yeah, maybe. Because I'm seeing a lot of face masks, face masks being made that are very stylish now. Very cool looking well the the face but you got to remember the face mask again even with the current guidance is to keep you from getting someone else sick not to protect you (laughs) yeah but uh yeah and even an n95 mask unless it's properly fit which half the country won't know how to wear a mask doesn't protect you so you know this when i was uh when i was in, in the navy we would, um, in order to do, uh, be around any painting, you had to have a respirator fit check. Mm-hmm. And these are very expensive respirators with commercial filters that you could be around paint right. fume, right? Right. 
And we would go into, they would have a booth, a special booth set up that you stuck your head in. And they would have some sort of acrid stink in there that if, if you went in there and weren't set up right, you could smell that coming around the edge of that mask. And you could very easily, very, because uh, air will take the path of least resistance. Right. right. So if you're not sealed well, that air is going to go around the edge and, and you would smell that. And you'd come out of that thing and you'd have to readjust your mask and wipe your eyes and back into the, you go back into the hood. And so you'd have to prove that you could get a good seal at least 10 times taking the mask off, putting the mask back on, adjusting it, right. go in the hood, be clear, come out at least 10 times before they, before they would say, okay, you're good for the next six months. So is that what they're doing in the hospitals? No. <laughs> because all of the, the, the doctors and the nurses are all wearing N95s. Okay. This is not an N95 mask. This is a mask that is used. No, no, I know. I know that, but I'm right. just saying, you know, if you look at the bigger picture, this, that N95 mask is the same mask that our front line. I understand that, but I'm just saying using, that right? I have an N95 mask here. You do too. Rob, try to get a good fit on that. Try to I've get been a playing per- around with it for, for, for a while now. I think I do have a pretty good fit on it. Okay. What's, what's difficult about it though, I have to say is, is that air does not pass through that mask very easily. And right. that's, that's one of the, the challenges that yeah. is exactly what you're saying, Todd, is that it, it does tend to want to pull from the sides. That's right. It'll pull from the side. So, and, and right. that's, and again, that's why for the average American, that's, and most people are not going to fit their mask. They're just going to put something over their face. It's that is to protect you from producing droplets or whatever that's coming out of your mouth. Well, and that means that our frontline healthcare workers are very vulnerable. Yeah. Well, that's then I, I mean, extremely sure. vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're saying that that's, that's their solution is to but, have more N95s, but they're also wearing a face mask. They're wearing a mask. Wow. They're wearing, you know, they're wearing a plastic shield. They're wearing, so, you know, they're, they're taped up and they're gloves. And so they have oh, a, yeah. but still for the average American, that's not going to be wearing any of that stuff. Right. That's so, for, for the, the, those face masks are to protect you against somebody sneezing in your face. Or right. no, sneezing three rows over. <laughs> well, I mean. I mean, you think if, about if they're not wearing a mask and they, if they worker. sneeze, it goes everywhere. So, right. Yeah. If you're looking at it from a healthcare worker. Oh yeah. From a healthcare worker, it's no doubt they're at, at risk. And the only way you can be like completely protected is if you're in a hazmat suit, you're zipped up. Yeah. You're full right. of bio contained. That's the only way you're completely protected. Right. And we certainly don't have very many of those. And if you don't no. shave, let's say you don't shave one day, you're, you know, a, a mask does not. <laughs> Fellas, you want to wear a, a 95 mask or a mask that seals, <laughs> you, you, the, the, the mustache and the beard is going to have to go. Right. That's true. Go. You can see that. And you have, right. to, you have to shave every day and make sure you have a good, a that, tight that, fit. Tight right. fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. But that. That makes logical sense to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not going to be a scaredy cat. 
Um, I'm not. It just you, you, it, it is what it is. You can't. You have to. You have to live. I refuse to not live. And uh, it's already yeah. you know, already reading overseas. May first, a lot of countries are opening up. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, you know, people follow the rules and do the things they're supposed to do. I think uh, you know, keep the, there's still gonna be people get infected, but it's. Oh, yeah. The people that aren't paying attention to their surroundings are going to be the ones that get in trouble. So, you know, yeah. I, I saw something today. There was a big protest going on in Lansing. They're protest, protesting our governor here. And the Detroit Free Press was up there doing a live stream. And 90% of the people did not have masks on. So, Lead it's a, all about eat, it's eat. all about homemade masks now. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, but you know, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So if I get a mask, I'm gonna come on the next. I'll do if as soon as I get a mask that kind of fits, I'll, I'll do the show with the with the mask on. <laughs> and we'll see what it sounds like. I mean, I have I've got a stash of N95s myself downstairs. Well, we'll sound you sound muffled. <laughs> oh yeah, we will definitely. <laughs> Y'all have to take this off when I do that. <laughs> do I sound a lot different, Todd, now? No, not not much. Not not much at all? No, okay. not much at all. Okay. One of my guys just sent, sent something. Oh, Apple just sent out a email. Hot off the press. Dear podcast creator, in difficult times, we must work together, support each other. Apple realizes many businesses are affected by the global spread of COVID-19. We're here to assure you the review of new feed submissions, email support, analytics, and other operations are not just dis aren't disrupted. Many creators have taken action quickly in response to this worldwide crisis from providing urgent reporting and expert analysis surrounding the fast evolving pandemic to, to advice on protecting physical and mental health issues with mental health during these unusual times. Apple Podcasts hand-created editorial collections, COVID-19 Essential Listening brings together intimate voices and powerful perspectives from all over the world. This frequently updated field guide will help us come together through shared experiences that are relatable, promoting understanding, and let us know that we are not, we aren't alone. As always, Feel free to contact us. We're here to support you and our community of creators in the days and weeks ahead. Regards to Apple Podcasting. So that was just published. So I do want to hint uh, what I'm going to talk about tomorrow on the Podcast Insider. Many of you don't listen to the show. Some of you do. But um, we have integrated with the Amazon Marketplace. And we'll be the first podcasting company where you will be able to buy podcast services through the Amazon marketplace, primarily pro customers. So if you're a business corporate entity and you already have AWS, all you'd be able to do is just add that to your current bill and be able to be podcasting um, without having to write a new contract or have to go through any type of extra hoops or jumps. It just goes on your current bill. And uh, so that will be on the street sometime next week. So that's one of the announcements. The other one, I might have to push another week. <laughs> so 
it's a pretty big deal for us because this is the first time anyone has been able to buy a podcast service through through the cloud and just as part of your normal cloud operations. So, so th- this is through the Amazon Web Services platform. Yeah, yeah. So, and they have a something called Amazon Marketplace. Right. And we'll be on Amazon Marketplace selling podcast services. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, I know that they've been playing around with podcasting support for many years on that platform, but I don't think what they were doing was very good. Well, we're an uh, Amazon partner, been a partner right. for a number of years. And, uh, and, it, and I believe James Cridlin was actually doing podcasting stuff on that platform as well. Yeah, I'm I think. not sure. But again, this is in the first round is basically our pro services. It's not worth your, just going to buy a flat rate account. It's definitely for a right. pro, pro level stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's where we, you know, that's where we run into you know, contract issues where someone comes in and they want to see, you know, you got to go through contract negotiations and vetting and, you know, and, and if you've already got an account over there and say, just go over to the marketplace and buy it and agree to the terms yeah, of this service. Is, this, is a, this is a crazy time for Amazon. No. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I don't know that you've seen their, their stock price lately, but it's like, $2,200 a share. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's buying everything through, uh, you don't worry, Mike, I won't share the other thing. <laughs> well, there is more stuff brewing with Amazon. That, yeah. 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 And then there's going to be a big announcement, which I can't say yet. Uh, that's coming next week. Too, oh, really? Well, good. I'm another big, big, uh, platform. So it's coming next week. Mm-hmm. Hmm. As it doesn't really have anything specifically to do with us or anything. It's just. Will hmm. it actually be launched or just announced? Mm, I, I, I don't know that I want to go into much detail <laughs> about this. <laughs> just something big is coming. Oh. And I would love to have somebody from this big announcement on the show next week. Too. Oh. Okay, well, see if you can get the Google guys to come on. Thank you, Todd. Well, that's, I, I'm just guessing. That's, you know, I'm just guessing. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just, I didn't say it. So I'm just I'm guessing. Okay. That's, you know, is, you know, I think I would have heard if it was Amazon. No, I think you probably would have. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would have heard about it too. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't hear about Google. So, I guess I'm not in the loop hmm. and I'm sure it's going to be something where it's like, Oh, if you're on Libsyn, you're going to get some special deal. That's usually some, you know, unique partnership that you guys have done. No, I'm going to be <laughs> doing a webinar next week though. Um, about our integration with headliner. So, Oh yeah, we've been, Oh yeah. yeah. That, that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic. Did you guys opt to pay? Are you guys doing the premium one? Uh, no, it's all free. All free. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, at this point, maybe I mean, it's all free as far as access, initial oh, right, access. Right. You can so, certainly upgrade if yeah, you Yeah. If want. you want to pay for their $10 a month plan or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, my whole point is, is, you know, someone got mad. I, I saw a comment on a, on a, Basically, some company was charging someone for access to the API. And uh, I've got to the point now, too, where 
we're, if you want access to our customers, for me to help you make money, uh, you know, there's got to be some, some back and forth. I'm not just going to put something in my system that, mm-hmm. you know, helps someone make a bunch of cash. Right. Or there's no, you know, why do I want to, you know, I can build my own if I need right. to give something to somebody. So, right. um, it's just I like, understand. yeah, you know, because the next thing you know, they're competing with you and they built their business on top of you. Yeah. So, you know, hmm. one, one company comes to mind. Hmm. <laughs> right. We learned our lessons there. So, you one know, big company. Yeah. So now I'm, mind. I'm less inclined to give stuff for free. And at least it used to be a lot of kumbaya, you know, but now there's not very much kumbaya. Do we want to say who that company well, we was? We already know who it was. It was, it was Spotify. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. Yep. So, you know, I'm not as, I'm not as forthcoming to, you want me to, you want me to promote yeah. you? You want to make it available so my customers can go over and they can go over and use you. Right. I think Spotify is an extreme example. They, they definitely, uh, yeah, didn't. Yeah. But I'm not going to. That was a conflicted situation. We were, we needed them and they needed us. So, right? yeah. And so here's, here, you know, here's another, you know, if you think about this, you know, you guys have price points that starts at five bucks. We have it starts at 12. It right. goes up to, you know, our flat rate plans go up to $80, you know, and we know where each of our, you know, each of us have a certain amount of customers in each of those, those, you know, plans. Right. And when I have a third party come in, that's got a product that is, you know, an additional 50% more money just to use that product on a monthly basis. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going to send my customers over there. I'm going to put them in my interface and promote them and maintain that API and all that stuff to be able to integrate with them. Mm-hmm. Then my product no longer can cost $10, $12. My product is going to have to cost 22 Right. And I'm unwilling to do you have that same philosophy when it comes to a, a free version of something? You know, here's, here's the, I, I really have to consider it, you know, you know, we've talked to them right? and, uh, you know, the dev is not that much yeah, right. to, to get it, to get it integrated. Right. And probably a week's worth of work, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what am I doing? I'm providing a button. You know, most of my customers are uh, right on their own WordPress site. And I, I said to them, why don't you have your own plugin? Just put, build your own plugin for WordPress and you're, you're done. You don't, right. don't need me to add a button in mine. You can have a fully integrated plugin and then you reach all of our customers. You can do an add-on to our plugin. You know, so. That's a steeper hill to climb though. Yeah, not really. Well, it it's, is to some degree. I mean, it's be, well, they have to code it. Right. I don't have to code it. Right. 
And you got to get people to install it right. and configure it yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So why not yep. just go over and use their website directly? You know, it's, you're saving yourself one click or loading a right. URL, you know, so there has to be some value, some, you know, they, they talked to us earlier last year and I just, I was out of, I didn't have dev time right. and, and they came to us with a good deal and, you know, it, I, I probably should have implemented it then, but we just didn't have dev cycles to do it. Right. I still don't have dev cycles. <laughs> We're not ESPN. We're not uh, iHeart. We're not, you know, all of us are still relatively small companies in the scheme of things. Yeah, but yet we we deliver more downloads to more shows than any of those platforms do. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Downloads is not where the money's at, Rob. Money's at in the advertising, don't you know? Oh, I thought it was in the streams, Todd. <laughs> the streams or the listens. <laughs> oh, it's the audience. It's the unique audience. Yeah, it's and it's the listens off of streams. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, we're right. being a little naughty here at the end. Okay. Yes, we uh, we're out of time. It's, yes, uh, we are. it's, it's four thirty. Yes. So we didn't even open it up for callers today. That's amazing. We, we made it all the way through. So if you haven't checked in on Facebook, oh, people are bailing already. They know we're getting ready. I see the numbers in Facebook dropping. I could be announcing something very exciting. That's true. That's yeah, true. So, I could be, you know, <laughs> dropping the bomb on something here. Yeah. So will we be able to talk about what you uh, think is coming next week, Wednesday, or what day will we be able to talk about it? We should be able to, uh, hopefully, we might be able to talk about it on the Wednesday show. Oh, all right. Well. We'll see what but happens. I'm sure that the news may have already come out. So. Oh, is there an article out already? No, it's just an announcement. So I'm sure it's probably, you know, probably. Embargoed somewhere? It, embargoed with somebody. Yes. Oh, okay. I have cool. no idea who. Of course. I don't. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, Credlin already knows. Probably. Probably. Whatever it, it may, whatever it may be. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, so exciting stuff coming next week, I guess. We'll see. Uh, right. Lots well, more. it is going to be exciting stuff. Oh, it's well, good. Good stuff. Is there going to be an audio button on the uh, search bar on Google.com? Uh, really? <laughs> because I'm going to be honest with you. If there is, holy crap. <laughs> that would be like the news of the year. If there was... It's almost as good as that. Whoa. Whoa. Almost as good as that. Almost. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, almost as, al almost <laughs> as good. So, now, okay. Hey, now, Rob. When you say almost as good, that's almost. A, okay. So a big almost. every one of you, Rob has revealed nothing. There's pure speculation here, right? Right. So all of you go over to google.com and I have, I know nothing. I haven't been signed to no NDA, anything. You go to google.com and there's a, oh, they've changed that recently. There is no more image or, huh? What? Well, maybe What'd I guess, oh, there is images up above where you do a search. Oh, let me search for, let me try something here. Oh, it's in the search results, I think. The Geek News Central. I'll type that. Okay, so let me just show you on the, those of you that are still here that didn't leave us so quickly. 
Um, up here on the top, for those of you that are listening, you type, type in any search term and you're going to see it says all news, images, video, maps, and more. I've always said that if uh, Google really wanted to make an impact, they would add audio to this, to this bar, this bar on Google search results. Now, right. for them to do that, that would be a, how should I, when, when Apple put podcasting into, at the time, iTunes, which is now Apple Podcast, that was a watershed moment. That was an inflection point. I truly well, believe. Google used to have audio up there. They used to. That's the key. Yeah. They used to. But if they added it back, I truly believe that would be an inflection point. They would, that would be major. But you're saying that what is coming is almost as good. Now, to me. Well, it depends. I'm not being very specific on, on, <laughs> on how it's almost good for or who it's almost good for as good for. Oh, okay. Well, then you're not saying it, but it sounds like Google's going to have a directory. So that's what it sounds like. So I'm predicting. They already have a directory. Well, kind of. Two million feet. Plus they have a landing page. Okay, but it's. Plus they have an app on iOS. So it's going to be. All right, we're going to have to see what comes next week. Any predictions out there? What do you think? But no one knows to that page. No one, no one knows that those are. You know what it is. I do. Talk to them. I I know what it is, but the average Joe civilian. No, it doesn't. Has no clue. Right. Right. I do as a pod. That doesn't matter. Right. I know, but whatever they do has to be good for Joe civilian that has never listened to a podcast before. You make a change that changes it for Joe. Who said it had anything to do with listeners? Todd. You said it's going to be almost as good as putting an audio search on the google.com search bar. So then it has to be, it did be almost as good. That means it has to be for listeners. No. 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 So I guess it's going to be something good for podcasters. Well, that sucks. What? <laughs> we want something good for listeners. We want to grow listeners. I know. Well, invariably, it may have a, a domino effect that causes that. All right. So we're going to have stats. We're getting stats from Google. That's what's coming then next week. I, that's then. That's if it's going to be for podcasters and not for listeners. You're not saying. I'm just guessing. He's doing. Rob's putting his up, upturned hands and not saying anything. This this pot is empty. Damn it! We need we need we need more listener stuff from Google. Not, I could care less what podcasters get. We give them stats already. Come on. Ah. Yes. The, it the, is very frustrating. The 800 pound. The eight, we have to walk before we run. The 800, to, the 800 pound gorilla could use the power of, they've done a lot. I'm not going to complain. Right. They launched a listening app on iOS, Todd. You got to give them some credit here, you know? Okay. And we are, and by the way, uh, sorry, and you guys know you guys are late over there at Libsyn, but we, we had that within a couple of days. We had that. <laughs> separated out we're not 
it's not duplicating <sighs> Apple Podcast numbers. So really, I, I hope you guys got hope you guys got fixed over there, Rob. We did get fixed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dave Clement, like Dave Clement says a podcast submission form for Google Podcast. I don't think it's going to be that. That's kind of like an eh. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, lots of juicy stuff. We'll see what happens next week. We'll be on the edge of our chairs. Well, I don't know that I would do that. Well, then it's not as good as Almost. Being, I didn't say it was as said, good. I said it's almost almost as good. As good. I, I can. That's a big almost. Almost. Not yeah. A small almost. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> and you're gonna get beat up next week if it doesn't turn out to be something super fantastic. Because it almost means that it's almost as good for listeners, not for podcasters. I didn't say anything about listeners. You're the uh, only one that said something no, about No, but listeners. that's why I said if it's going to be big, that will be big. Oh, okay. <laughs> if they went, Google's, Google's already done the listener side. No, they can do much more. Well, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's not like they've ignored the listening side. No, they haven't. All right. <sighs> All right. It's all about discovery, discovery, discovery. You got to help with discovery. That's right, because it's such a problem. <laughs> and for those of you who don't have your own website, sorry, I don't have a discovery problem. Neither does this show. Right. <laughs> all right, we get off in here. I did send you a uh, new cover art image. Ah, yes, you did. You show. did. So I'll get yes. that updated as we publish the show tonight or tomorrow. So, so which which version did you like more? Uh, I, I'll look at them. I'll do an A B comparison. I think I like the bigger. Text. Bigger text. On yeah, it. Right. yeah. Okay. We'll play with it. Yeah, I think it looks better w when the image is smaller. Yeah. So Marty says it better be big, Rob. That's what she says in chat. <laughs> Any news out of these guys is big. Come on. Right. Yeah. To a certain extent. Well, right. if we get, well, you know, maybe. They maybe got a big team working on podcasts. I know now. they do, but maybe what this will solve is podcasters knowing there's something else besides Apple Podcasts. That's that's why I think it's significant. <laughs> People that listen to the show promote to their audience that they're on Google Podcasts. Right. So if they if, can, if they if if, 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 if like podcast if podcasters don't listen to the show, then it's their fault for not becoming educated. Right. <laughs> Speaking, you get a PhD listening to this show. That's but. right. Right. And we'll start issuing. It says in our description, so it must be that way. Yeah. So we'll we'll start issuing certificates. All right. So hey, make sure you share the show with your friends, family members, people that you know. Don't put it on the bathroom wall, but definitely share with your fellow podcasters if you've been entertained today and got educated. We'll be back with you on Saturday at twelve Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. We'll be back with you for another live show if you want to join us. And uh, we do have a donation button at newmediashow.com and also a subscribe button. I know you're subscribed if you're listening to this live. Maybe not, but please help our download numbers at least. Just subscribe right. and you don't have to listen. You're here live, so it's good. But <laughs> well, Just go to facebook.com forward slash the new media show. That's there, all you have to do. There you, and you can get us live on Facebook. That's right. And, uh, but we go to newmediashow.com and subscribe to the show, but I'm Todd at blueberry.com. My Twitter 
address is at Geek News. I am uh, on Twitter at Rob Greenley with two E's, and I'm also can be found in email as well at uh, Rob G at Lipson.com. And Marty, if you want to create the design for the certificate, we'd be happy to take your donation of a design for a PhD certificate in podcasting for the podcast. See how I handed that back off because she says she wants her certificate. So, yes. Wow, so we're now an educational institution, Todd. Is that what this is? Hey, it's a PhD in podcasting. We're not saying we're we're a, a we're an educational institution. You know, you don't have to be an educational. You can become Rob. You can become a. a oh, it's a, a mastermind. Is that is what it, it is? No, we're not. So you can you be can you be. You can come. You can become an ordained priest by going online and registering, and you can actually marry people just by applying online. So I think we're allowed to give away a PhD in podcasting on the show. Does that mean if you get a certificate from us, that means that you can become a podcaster? Is that what it means? No, you just got a PhD in podcast. That's all. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, I guess that works. All right. I don't know. Probably some educational institution come and sue us if we start giving out certificates like that. But, you know, screw them. We're podcasters. We can do what we want. There's no rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that the Podcast Academy recognizes that that certificate is a valid educational component. We already came up with it. They can't take it. So, No, but it recognizes it as a valid certificate of oh. professionalism. Interesting. Huh. We might be on to something here. <laughs> Adam Curry gives uh, podcasting certificates, podcasting licenses. Licenses? So, yes, he gives I podcasting licenses. Wow. I don't know that I would go quite that far. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actual podcast license. It's, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of disclaimer on there. But All right. All right, everyone. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Okay. We'll see you next right. time here. Take okay. care. Okay, bye. Bye.